and welcome again to another edition of Irreligiosophy, where anyone who sees and paints a sky green and fields blue ought to be sterilized. Yeah, Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, uh, recommending the sterilization of other podcasts since January of 2009. I've been recommending it since way before then, but, you know, you're a little bit slow. A lot of those uh, podcasts should be sterilized for the good of the podcast community. It will breed stronger podcasts yes. in the future. The, the super podcasts. As the Uber. Have. Uber podcast. Uber podcast. There we go. The master race of podcasts. I wonder if anybody can guess what today's show's on. <laughs> Probably not. We're going to have to explain <laughs> it to them. <laughs> Are you really doubting the intelligence of our fans that much? Uh, Hitler. The show is on Hitler. <laughs> I guess that answers that question. <laughs> and you call me the asshole. Well, look, um, before we start, though, I, and before we get to the skunk dicks, uh, we got an email from Terry, who runs a little blog called The Analyzed Atheist. He used a rant from the show from Sean without our permission. That son of a bitch. Where is he? He's, he deserves to be sterilized as well. <laughs> he linked to us. Uh, you know, he took a little sound clip uh, of that rant and linked to that. So he wanted a shout out in return, I guess. People are under the impression that we're so famous and we have so many fans and listeners that getting a shout out from our show will actually benefit their blog somehow. Well, they haven't realized yet that since Pacti's death, our fan base has dropped by at least one sixth. Right. Um, you remember when that guy advertised on our show and his sales dropped 70%? <laughs> Be careful what you ask for, fuckers. Yes, please, advertise on our site. We'll make sure your shit doesn't move. <laughs> so there you go. There's your shout-out. Speaking of shout-outs, are you ever going to apologize to uh, Moggy for your callous know. comments where you said she didn't count? Oh, you that callous comment. I was trying to decide on which one. Um... I'm sorry, but uh, no, no. Uh, Moggy, here's a little advice. Um, perhaps you should post pictures like Shan Chard or Carrie Hall, maybe a little bit more thong, and then I would feel more inclined to apologize to you because there would be a reason for apologizing to you. Is there anyone out there wondering why Leighton is single? Anyone at all? <laughs> well, you know, speaking of single, uh, Carrie Hall actually posted this, oh, uh, this great article talking about a Mormon woman. She's 35, and, and she's visiting Planned Parenthood for the first time. And I believe my favorite statement that came from her was that, by God, she would feel a man's hands on her before she dies. Now, I, I would request from our fan base to get in touch with her and set her up with me, because if she's 35 years old, a virgin, that means I've got a chance of keeping her because she doesn't know what good sex and bad sex is all about. I love how you view this show as your personal dating service. <laughs> well, uh, only when I go to that Facebook fan page. That thing, I, I, I can't understand why it would be anything different. <sighs> Skunk dick candidate number one, Leighton. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think I've been disqualified. I won Skunk Dick of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's not fair to the rest of the contestants. <laughs> no, no. They, they, it, it's just an unfair advantage. All right. Skunk dick candidate number one. Government review of televangelist finances released. Now, this was uh, uh, done by Senator Chuck Grassley. He's a Republican. And you're wondering, why is a Republican investigating televangelists in the first place? 
Well, it, it tells me that they've gotten so out of control that even their own people are like, what the fuck, dudes? Yeah, so uh, this is a really hard-hitting investigation. This guy brought the full power of the Congress down on these people yeah. by sending six televangelists a fucking survey, of which yeah. two of them cooperated. We're talking pulled out all the stops, heavy oh, yeah. guns in blazing with that little mailed piece of paper. Yeah, um, the two people who, who cooperated were Joyce Myers of uh, You Can't Take My Joy Ministries. <laughs> Where the fuck is my amen? <laughs> and Benny Helmet Hair Hin. Um, surprised, actually, that they uh, that they cooperated fully. Um, but, you know, they did, and apparently there's nothing wrong with them. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you go to the um, airport and they're like, um, do you have a bomb in your suitcase? No. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Or see that, have you ever that, stolen from your employer, you know, on your, like, pre-employment application? Oh, no, oh, never have. I always mark yes and say I steal toilet yeah. paper. Have you, yeah. have you ever come to work under the influence of drugs? Oh, no, never. No, no, never, never. <laughs> so that was that was the extent of it. They could have subpoenaed, right, for these guys who didn't um, cooperate. They could have issued subpoenas, but heaven forbid, we, we don't want to. We don't want to be mean or anything to these people. Well, see, the problem is, is the subpoena would just be uh, hilarity compared to the fact that he's sending out surveys. So he's going to subpoena them to fill out surveys, which they're not even going to check against hard financial data. This is the most strenuous investigation I've ever heard of. Yeah, uh, very, very, very rigorous. It's like, you know, when they investigated Al Capone and, and they're like, you know, uh, Al, did, did, did you do anything wrong? And he said, no. Okay, all right. Um, that's all right. We're done here. Yeah, let, let's move on. Let's find somebody else who actually says, yes, I am doing something <laughs> bad. Uh, the quote from the review says, The number and types of entities, including uh, private airports and aircraft leasing companies, this is for fucking televangelists, right? This is a yeah. community of God that somehow needs private fucking airports. Raises concerns about the use of the church's tax-exempt status to avoid taxation. Uh, yeah, no shit. Really? However, given the four churches' refusal to provide tax information, we are unable to determine whether and the extent to which they are reporting and paying taxes under income earned in those entities. Well, that's it. <laughs> I can't do it. My hands yeah. are tied. They didn't yeah. cooperate. I asked very nicely, and they told me no. Now, Eddie Long of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church sums up this entire article beautifully. This is what he says. I am relieved that after more than three years of intense investigation yes. and countless untrue allegations that Senator Chuck Grasley's review has found no evidence of wrongdoing. Right, um, because I didn't fucking answer any of his questions. <laughs> so. Because I chose not to participate in the investigation. What a relief. Yeah. Uh, they go on to conclude after, you know... 66% of the people they investigated didn't cooperate. Their conclusion is, while the majority of churches and religious organizations operate with policies and procedures that make them accountable to their members, it is the small oh. minority <laughs> that don't that are subject to scrutiny by the members in public, including the press. These outliers present tax policy issues for consideration. How do you know it's a fucking small minority? That yeah. seemed like the vast majority of people didn't cooperate with you. Yeah. How do you draw it's, any conclusions from that? <laughs> yeah, and I love that they say that these mega churches and these televangelists 
are accountable to their members. Uh, much like the article we read a little while ago where the televangelist was banging other people behind there and using church money to pay for that. Right, right. Like the members of the Mormon fucking church are going to get angry at them for fucking Proposition 8. Yeah. They just do what they tell them to do. That's yeah. their function. All I've got to say is, meh, just cheap, period. God. <laughs> uh, so based on that conclusion, they also issued a recommendation that the Congress do away with the federal tax law ban on partisan political activity by nonprofit groups. So look, they didn't uh, participate, they didn't cooperate in my investigation, so let's uh, just remove any obstacle to them engaging in politics. Fuck you, Grassley. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, I don't know. He seems very, very apt at politics and investigations. I think we need more people like him out there. Three years to issue six fucking surveys and collate the data from it. Well, I don't know if it took him three years to issue it. Maybe it took him three years to get two of them back. God. All right. Next skunk dick candidate, uh, I think is your favorite, right? The, uh, the Andrew Wakefield study. Yeah, I I absolutely love this study because when I read it, the first thing that popped into, up into my head is all you theists out there that are claiming injustice in the wake of science, listen to this and find out what happens when you are dishonest to science. The link is called, or excuse me, the the article is called Journal, Study Linking Vaccine to Autism Was a Fraud. Let me set this up for you. Andrew Wakefield did a, a 1998 paper for which, by the way, I believe he was um, accused of uh, conflicting purposes anyway. He apparently accepted money from anti-vaccination groups. Um, so, again, you got to always look at who funds the study, right? If it's a pharmaceutical company that's trying to sell the drug and they fund the study, they're not going to publish negative results. So you got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. So already, I think he's been stripped of his um, right to practice medicine, his license to practice medicine in, in the United Kingdom. But, you know, they're looking further into this, and it gets even worse. They studied 12 children who they reported as developmentally normal, right, until they had the MMR shot. Yep. And five of those 12 had previously documented developmental delays. Yeah, complete so fabrication on his part. So he, he lies about it. It's completely normal until the MMR. And now keep in mind, vaccination rates plummeted after this study. You don't want your kid to get autism. Yeah. Yeah, in 2008, measles was deemed endemic in England and Wales. I don't know how this guy sleeps at night, takes money from the anti-vaxxers, and fabricates his fucking data. Well, I can tell you how he sleeps at night. Now, now he's been kicked out of uh, Great Britain, but he's in here America with people like Jenny McCarthy backing him, so that's how he sleeps at night. Yeah, Wakefield now lives in the United States where he enjoys a vocal following, including brain-dead celebrity supporters like Jenny fucking McCarthy. <laughs> well, he has supporters. That's how he gets through the night. God almighty. Uh, so, yeah, um, all you theists who think that science is just this massive conspiracy of silence and that, you know, we gather the ranks. No, we're uh, bastards in the scientific community. If we will undercut a colleague or we, there's even a hint of impropriety, we, it's like fucking uh, bloodbath, right? Yeah. A feeding frenzy of sharks. We're talking, not only did this guy's study, this recent one, found faults, they are going through every single goddamn thing he's done in the past to search for. Yeah, false. well, they they retracted this study already from Lancet, I think it was, and now they're going through and they're combing all the rest of his because his credibility is <laughs> totally ruined. I yeah. love it. 
That's right. what happens in the scientific community. You fuck others, they're going to fuck you triple times that. Right, none of this Christian forgiveness. You're fucked. You're fucked forever. <laughs> this is science. We're all atheists. Fuck you. We're going to fuck each other. <laughs> so, uh, skunk dick candidate number three is the bodyguard of uh, Salman Taseer, who is a, a governor of a, of a province in Pakistan. And he was... He he was uh, he had campaigned to reform uh, the law on blasphemy. There were a bunch of anti-blasphemy laws, um, you know, where people who basically didn't like each other, just like the you know the witch hunts, right? You didn't like the lady down the street, you just called her a witch. So you don't like the person down the street, and often again, it's females that are targeted. There's a female who's under the death sentences for for saying that uh, Muhammad had worms in his mouth. God yeah. forbid that you say that yeah. Muhammad had worms in his mouth. We've talked about that previously, and this was one of the guys that was standing up and saying, you know what, this is just messed up. Let, let, let's just do away let's, with this. Let's be civilized, right? And and yeah. so if you disagree with this guy in civilized fashion, you uh, take a submachine gun and fucking shoot him 26 times. That's what civilized people do when they disagree with other people. Yeah, yeah. Now this quadri guy, the guy that actually put him down, was part of his protective squad. He had an entire security force around him, and he tipped them all off to his plan, and they stood around and did nothing. Right. Those bodyguards should receive a serious uh, dock in pay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, at least 30 cents an hour dock They're Right. Their job is to guard his body, and they... Uh, um egregiously failed that duty. Yeah, they stood by and watched as this cadre character just unloaded an entire clip into him and then set his gun down. There should be a sternly worded reprimand issued into their um, permanent file. Yeah, you know, the courthouse would be able to do that reprimand if they could just stop themselves from patting him on the back and flowering him with petals. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it's just the extremists, right? Uh, Islam is a is a religion of peace. It's a religion of, of flowers and, and goodwill, and, and they love everybody. Except uh, everyone in the fucking courthouse. You know, all the attorneys, are, they're throwing... They brought fucking rose petals. They're showering with rose petals. And applause. Yeah, yeah let's uh, you know, see. This is, this is how civilized Pakistan is. Yeah, Let, let's see here. We're going to convict a woman to death because of something she supposedly said... But we have a man who gunned down a political official in plain view of everybody, and we're going to cheer him. Yeah, uh, um, let's see. Here's a statement from Jamaat Ali Sunnat Pakistan, one of the biggest organizations of the Barelvi, representing 500. I'm just glad you tried to say that, not me. Representing 500 religious scholars, right? Here's what they say: No Muslim should attend the funeral or even try to pray for Salman Taseer. We pay rich tributes and salute the bravery, valor, valor, and faith of Mumtaz Qadri. If fuck you, assholes. Yeah, this is this is also one of the last statements. The supporter is as equally guilty as the one who committed blasphemy. So they're essentially threatening any anyone who comes to the funeral with death. You know, you, you'll be shot. Yeah. All right. Um, so you know, there you go. Civilized uh, Islam and uh, the religion of peace for you. Who's your um? Who's your skunk dick candidate? Who I think you, you gave my skunk dick candidate away. I'm definitely going for Wakefield. That jackass just, I mean, he's causing people to deal with measles again once we nearly obliterated it. So uh, big old fuck you to that asshole. Well, I'm voting for you, even though you're disqualified. I think you're a total dick. 
Uh, yeah, I prefer the term ass, but dick and ass are interchangeable at this point. Let's uh, feed this into the computer. All right, uh, in a surprise move, uh, the skunk dick was none of the candidates. I don't think that's ever happened before. The oh. actual skunk dick of the week was tea partier Glenn Urquhart. <laughs> yeah, anybody in the tea party or the tea bag party, uh, <laughs> they uh, have weaseled their way into skunk dickery. <laughs> this guy um, is skunk dick of the week just really purely because of the theme that we have, right? He, he says the article is GOP candidate. Hitler invented separation of church and state. Bravo. All right, this, this doesn't require really any commentary from us. Let's just go ahead and play it. Do you know where does this phrase separation of church and state come from? Does anybody know? I do. I told you. No, I know. <laughs> but I'm the history teacher. It was a letter. From... Yeah, it's, uh, actually, that exact phrase is not in Jefferson's letter to the Danbury Baptists. He was reassuring them that the federal government wouldn't trample on their religion. The exact phrase, separation of church and state, came out of Adolf Hitler's mouth. That's where it comes from. So the next time your little friends talk about separation of church and state, ask them why they're not. Yeah, the next time your little friend asks about the separation of church and state, you ask them why they're Nazis. Yeah, yeah. So shut up, you historian hippie, and listen to me because I am standing in what looks like a bunker. Are these guys planning an invasion? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I like love it when blocks back there. When he asked, you know, where did the phrase "separation of church and state" come from? And some the idiot, the devil. <laughs> it was the devil. <laughs> You should have said, right, it was. It was a devil. It was the devil working through Adolf Hitler. Oh, God. So, you know, and he's right. The phrase separation of church and state is not found in uh, the Jefferson Danbury letter to the Danbury Baptist. Well, of course, because it's not specifically stated in that manner. It just says something like, you know, erect a wall of separation between church and state. A totally different concept. Completely different from separation of church and state. Yeah, so. right. That phrase came from Hitler. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, I, I love this because th this really is indicative of uh, the typical Christian reaction to Hitler. Hitler bad, atheist bad, Hitler equals atheist. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that Hitler was raised Catholic. But hey, that's, that's okay. Uh, it was Adolf Hitler, the atheist, that caused all of it. Yeah, let me um let let's start this given the the tea party uh quote that we just got here. Let me start this by reading a few quotes and we'll see uh see whose side Hitler's on. By the way, as late as 1941, uh Hitler told one of his generals, Gerhard Engel, "I am now as before a Catholic and will always remain so." Hmm. That's hmm. a little different from uh now one of the things is is before we get started, uh, I, I actually did a lot of research in the Hitler use with the Tea Party, so on and so forth. And there was one thing that I found consistent, and it's taken straight from Wikipedia. Derek Hastings sees Hitler's commitment to Christianity as more tenuous. He considers it eminently plausible that Hitler was a believing Catholic as late as his trial in 1924, but writes that there is little doubt 
that Hitler was a staunch opponent of Christianity throughout the duration of the Third Reich. That in mind, Charlie, go right ahead with what you were saying. We'll get into the, that difference because Hitler, um, Hitler and the Nazi Party differentiated between positive Christianity and regular Christianity. We'll get into that a little later. We'll get into that. But... Here are the quotes. I hope I will live to see the day when, as in the early days of our country, we won't have any public schools. The churches will have taken them over again, and Christians will be running them. That's from Reverend Jerry Falwell. Here is another quote. <laughs> Secular schools can never be tolerated because such a school has no religious instruction, and a general moral instruction without a religious foundation is built on air. Consequently, all character training and religion must be derived from faith. We need the believing people. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Beck, Beck with the little m m Charlie Chaplin mustache. That was Adolf <laughs> Hitler. Oh. April 26, 1933, speech during negotiations leading to the Nazi Vatican Concordat. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm seeing a problem with allowing the church in, but that, that may just be me. And I, I really think that Hitler's words were uh, probably twisted by atheists. Well, let's try it one more quote before we get into the whole thing. God wants me to run for president. That was George W. Bush in 2000 uh, campaign statement. Yay. I am convinced that I am acting as the agent of our creator. By fighting off the Jews, I'm doing the Lord's work. That was also Glenn Beck. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's far too religious for Hitler. He was an atheist after all. Adolf Hitler, Mein Kampf. Um, oh, God, are we going into those already? <laughs> so, uh, Hitler doesn't really sound too much like an atheist in uh, any of those, but uh, let's back up a little bit because the the Nazi Holocaust and the, and the um, program against the Jews, the final solution, is really the end of a long history of anti-Judaism, beginning with Christianity. Yeah, it's it's just a few hundred years after the death of Christ, and we're talking the hate for the Jews was in full force. Uh, we can't. We don't even have to go a few hundred years. We we just go to the New Testament itself, That's John true. five eight. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Speaking about Jesus, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. That right? son so of a bitch. That's uh, the Jews are trying to kill Jesus already. Um, uh -huh. Acts seventeen two through five. You have Paul going into a synagogue. Uh, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So here's Paul reasoning with the Jews, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he converted some Jews, but other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is Matthew twenty-seven twenty-five. This is the verse that, that launched a thousand riots against the Jews in the Middle Ages. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on our children, right? That's from um, when Pilate says, you know, I want to set him free. Yeah. This is part of the ongoing trend, starting with Mark, you know, that, that um, kind of blames the Romans. And then the, the Romans get less and less of the blame, and the Jews get more and more of the blame as it goes on. What you I love kinda... is the fact that, uh, well, here, let me start. What I love is the fact that uh, as it goes on, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And none of these Christians notice that. They don't notice that it's just a simple little statement here, and then it gets a little bit worse. And then you got the Jews sitting there going, my God, we killed him. His blood is on our heads. They don't see it as a historical trend because these are all eyewitnesses, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so apparently Mark was less of an anti-Semite 
than Matthew, which is less than Luke, who is less than John. John has a lot of anti-Semitic uh, stuff in there. John, you asshole. So instead of it being a trend that kind of occurred over, you know, three or four decades, you know, it was just these kind of guys were kind of bastards. Yeah, it, it was all just on one eyewitness account. So, yeah. But you can kind of see this. We, we, we discussed a little bit about this in uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls when you talk about your most hated enemy is the person who believes almost exactly as you do except for one or two things, right? Because your children might get sucked into these guys, and so you want to definitely say, oh, my God, not these people, right? It's not like the pagans weren't even in view for the Dead Sea Scroll Jews, the Essenes. They don't care about the pagans. They're totally wrong. They saved all of their vitriol for the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? Which is exactly where all the marriage laws came from. Suddenly, the the Christians didn't want to marry into the Jews. It was against their uh, their divine being. And then all of a sudden, you have all the Jews going, "Well, you you can't be part of our people unless you're third generation." Yeah, the Jews started that in the Old Testament. You know, if you um, if you intermarry with these people, the Moabites and and all these people, the Jebusites. I love that, Jebusites. Uh, <laughs> ten generations, right, before they're considered Jews again. Um, so that the, the Jews started that one. Uh, and they'll use those verses uh, later on for the Catholics to, to prevent intermarrying with the Jews. So you see this originally. You have um, all of G- Jesus was a Jew. All of his followers were Jewish. And there was this great hope that they would uh, recognize that Jesus was the Messiah. Well... Unfortunately, these Jews had read their Old Testament, <laughs> their their uh, Torah, and they realized that um, Jesus didn't really fit in with the Messiah as as painted there. And the Christians yeah. got frustrated, and they start combing through all these books and start getting these other verses that to them were Messianic, but the, the Jews never saw them as Messianic verses. They were never called Messianic verses. Um, so they had to cobble together this this other kind of suffering servant thing. Um, and so they kind of went their separate ways. Paul was very successful uh, with the Gentiles. Well, that's because they were uneducated. They they didn't have the background that the Jews did in their own scriptures. Right. They could definitely, Paul could definitely shape uh, his um, evangelizing um, a lot better to the Gentiles than he could to the Jews. Um, so, you know, it turns out, you know, you get this big kind of fight between the Ebionites, the the Judaizing Jews, uh, like Peter, for example, and um, James, and then the Pauline Gentile uh, Christians, and that that split occurs, and that you know there's anger on both sides, especially when the Christians started gaining power, right, political power. Mm-hmm. The the Catholic Church sees the Jews now as as Christ killers. Yeah, and they, yeah, they use and that verse from Matthew as justification for a bunch of anti-Jewish laws. Yeah, these guys are just stubborn Christ killers. If they would only convert, they could be saved. But the Catholic Church, of course, is looking on that as, oh, you guys are just a bunch of fuck-ups, so we're going to take care of you. Right, so you have uh, um, way back in 306, this was a couple decades before Constantine, uh, and the Council of Nicaea. You have the Council of Elvira, around 306. Please tell when, me she was wearing that suit that she normally does. And that f- big fake wig. Uh-huh, uh, exactly. Yeah, so she gave wig. Canon 16, uh, which <laughs> prohibits marriage between Christians and Jews, right? <laughs> now keep well, in she, mind... She's kind of an asshole. Uh, keep in mind that parallels the Nazi Nuremberg laws, 
which prohibit marriage between Germans and Jews. I can't remember reading anything in Darwin about not marrying Jews. Well, that was uh, in the uh, the appendix. You just didn't go. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, First Crusade was proclaimed in 1095. On their way to Jerusalem, uh, all these Christian soldiers killed about 3,000 Jews in various towns. And and, and these Jews, in an amazing parallel to Christianity, right? Many many Jews refused to convert. <laughs> the Christians gave them the option, <laughs> just like the fucking Romans did. See, <sighs> and that's why spiritual experience and uh, these stories about uh, you know men who were killed in the name, they don't phase me because I'm like, you can find any religion out there, and they will have the same martyr stories, they'll have the same spiritual stories, so don't bring me that dipshittery of your proof. And one of my favorites... Um, is Dinesh D'Souza, right? He's debated a bunch of uh, atheists. Um, and he's, uh, I believe he's Catholic. He's a Christian. Um, he, he wrote a book called What's So Great About Christianity? And he said that, you know, at least medieval Jews could have converted to Christianity as opposed to Jews in Nazi Germany. They didn't give them the option. So therefore, Christianity's better. Like, oh, you fucking dick. It's the exact same thing as the, you know, at least the Romans, they didn't give a shit. Just throw some incense on the altar. At least they did it. But in that sense, yeah. in that sense, you know, Romans bad. But Christians good. Fucking assholes. Pope Innocent III issued an announcement in 1208. In order that the Holy Church of God, arrayed like a fearful battlefront, may proceed against its cruelest enemies to exterminate the followers of wicked heresy, which, like a serpent or an ulcer, keep in mind that this kind of infection terminology, like the Nazis like to use, has infected the entire province. We have caused the garrisons of Christian soldiers to be called together. Um, that very... doesn't sound like such an innocent thing to come from a man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pope Innocent III. What a bastard. Jews were expelled from England in 1290, France in 1306, Spain in 1492. So let's move to uh, Martin Luther and the, and the Reformation. So Martin Luther, keep in mind, what country is he from, Leighton? I have no fucking clue. Germany. <laughs> Martin he's Luther German. from Germany? He's German. No shit, um, all right. So he's the one who pounded the, uh, was it, the 95 Theses on the, on the door and uh, ignited this uh, Protestant Reformation. Um, in 1543, issued a tract called On the Jews and Their Lies. In, in, <laughs> in Part 11, he gives a seven-point plan, right? I'm going to go over each one of these because uh, it, the Nazis uh, followed every single point in this plan. Yeah, First, well, they, were, they were very good. I mean, it was like Mein Kampf and these points were their battle plan. Well, right. Now keep in mind, are the, who are the Germans, the populace, going to be more familiar with? Origin of Species or Martin <laughs> Luther? Huh. Well, that's a toss-up there. I can't make a decision. Here's a seven-point plan. First, set fire to their synagogues or schools and to bury and cover with dirt whatever will not burn so that no man will ever again see a stone or cinder of them. This is to be done in honor of our Lord and of Christendom so that God might see that we are Christians and do not condone or knowingly tolerate such public lying, cursing, and blaspheming of his sons and his Christians. Uh, Fucking atheists. They, they, they're always uh, doing this shit. Yeah, the, these, <laughs> this atheist, this really kills me, you know. Very embarrassed by Martin Luther, the atheist. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, he goes on to say, and, and justify this, 
by saying that uh, it goes to the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy 13.12, Moses writes that any city that is given to idolatry shall be totally destroyed by fire, and nothing of it shall be preserved. If he were alive today, he would be the first to set fire to the synagogues and houses of the Jews. <laughs> right? Because Moses wasn't a Jew. Yeah, well, I'm starting to lean a little bit away from atheists to think Christians, possibly. He goes on, uh, cites more of Deuteronomy, um, and Samuel says in 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three that disobedience to God is idolatry, right? So therefore, he set fire to the Jews. Well, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta give it up to uh, to these guys because they are the first people I've known about who actually uh, attend to what Deuteronomy states. They actually do not shy away from it like others. Second. I advise that their houses also be razed and destroyed, just in case setting fire to their synagogues and schools and burying them <laughs> in dirt isn't enough. you, you got to also uh, raise their houses to the ground. Yeah, uh, well, we, we can't have them even... Their presence just stinks up the place. Third, I advise that all their prayer books and Talmudic writings in which such idolatry lies, cursing, and blasphemy are taught be taken from them. Yeah, once again, let's not just destroy them let's destroy their entire history because our children might be swayed yeah, right fourth i advise that their rabbis be forbidden to teach henceforth on pain of loss of life and limb keep in mind again this is fucking exactly what was done to them by the romans and what as soon as they got power from the romans they did to the pagans <laughs> yeah what was it like uh two years after it's been a while since we've done the research on that but yeah it was right after they got the power they started killing their own blasphemy they started killing pagans they just went nuts yeah within about 40 or 50 years of the council of nicaea um it had totally turned and, and they were um persecuting the pagans yeah um fifth i advise that safe conduct on the highways be abolished completely for the jews yeah, Sixth, thanks. Let, let let us get to our places safely. <laughs> so they've destroyed their homes and they forced them out into the highways. Uh, uh, but no, and no safe they're not conduct. Even protecting them from highwaymen and robbers. Sixth, he's not done yet. I advise that usury be prohibited to them, and that all cash and treasure of silver and gold be taken from them and put aside for safekeeping. Martin Luther's not. Um, saying anything new here. This is exactly what the Christians did to the pagans. They ransacked all their temples, took all their gold, silver, melted it down, and, and made, you know, um, Christian stuff out of them. Yeah, it made their little symbols and stuff, yeah. Seventh, I recommend putting a flail, an axe, a hoe. <laughs> a hoe? Well, you got to have a hoe in there somewhere. A spade, a distaff, or a spindle into the hands of young, strong Jews and Jewesses and letting them earn their bread in the sweat of their brow, as was imposed on the children of Adam. Apparently, that doesn't apply to Luther, just the Jews. Well, i got to say that uh, this is vindication for me personally, because uh, I'm not the only one that makes up words. Listen to this guy, Jewesses. What, what the Jewess. hell? Jews? Because Jews, apparently, is just male Jews. Yeah, so you got to say Jewesses. So, yeah, all of you fuckers out there that make fun of me for making up words, yeah, let, let's start back where it really started. All right, so briefly, let's go over how closely this parallels uh, the Nazi program, right? So oh, it's points be completely different. Points one and two, houses be raised and destroyed, their synagogue school set on fire. Uh, Kristallnacht, uh, November 9th through 10th, 1938. Um, it's interesting history. Uh, this uh, 17-year-old boy's parents apparently were, were kicked out of Poland, right? 
they wrote him a letter saying, you know, we, we don't have any money, blah, blah, blah. They, they um, uh, I guess, provided safe passage for him to Paris. Uh, he can't take this anymore. He buys a gun, goes to the embassy, and shoots uh, the first official that he meets. He dies of his wound a day or two later on November 9th, and uh, the, the Nazis say that, you know, we're not going to encourage any riots, but if there are any riots against the Jews, uh, we won't, um, we won't you stop won't you punished. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kristallnacht essentially means like the night of glass shards or the night of glass. Because you look at pictures, all these windows are broken and the streets are just full of glass shards as they uh, destroyed their homes, they set fire to their businesses, destroyed synagogues, stole all their uh, treasure. Um, so that's one and two, right? Uh, yep. Number three... Jewish literature, remember, burned by the Nazis, but on yeah. the banned book list. Yeah, completely um, torched. I mean, it, by it's the way, amazing to me just how closely these resemble one another. You know who else was on the banned book list? Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Darwin. That's how much they. <laughs> that's how much they admired Darwin. They put him yeah, on the they, banned they book did list. They like him because uh, they were atheists. So. Uh, number four, uh, yes, rabbis were forbidden to teach in Nazi Germany. Number five. A safe conduct in the highways. Jews were arrested and sent to concentration camps, right? Number I think six. You'd be better off looking at what was different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, again, uh, we already went over it. They, they confiscated Jewish property, including works of art. Melted um, it down, did what they wished, yeah. And number seven, uh, Nazi labor camps, right? I recommend putting a flail and axe, a hoe, and a spade. In the hands of strong Jewish men, um, the Nazi labor camp slogan: "Work liberates." Yeah, that sounds completely different. They didn't use the same verbiage. Yeah. So uh, keep in mind, Hitler writes in Mein Kampf, "Quote: Beside Frederick the Great stands Martin Luther, as well as Richard Wagner." So he had great admiration for Martin Luther. Says nothing about Darwin in any of this stuff. Well, you know, I think the burning of Darwin was just to throw the rest of the world off and make them think that they were Christians. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit. You brought up the point about Christianity. about the, And this is, this is very common because they'll take some of these quotes out of context where the, the Nazis are railing against Christianity. But remember, the Nazi Party program, 1920, as early as 1920, .24, uh, quote, the party as such reflects the viewpoint of a positive Christianity without being bound confessionally to any specific denomination. It battles the Jewish materialistic spirit. This plank of the platform was instrumental in catapulting the Nazis to power. They didn't uh, bind themselves to any specific denomination. They uh, kind of united support across all these denominations uh, so they would they kind of have a broad coalition so that they yeah. get voted and, and brought into power. It was just basically a blanket statement for any Christian denomination out there. And you see, every time you read any of their little quotes, it always states Christianity. It never states a specific denomination. Right. So they, they viewed Christianity itself as a corruption of the original teachings of Christ. 
Their version, positive Christianity, was a restoration of the original teachings of Christ, the pure teachings of Christ, about the love of one's race, right? Instead of yeah. what was later corrupted and distorted into the universal love of all mankind. That was a corruption. The love of one's race, that was the original te teaching of the, the Aryan, white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Christ. Yeah, and, and you got to love that it just so happens that they're the race that needs to be uh, loved over and over. Right. Right. You know, you know Christ was a German. Um, yeah. Uh, it's exactly like Joseph Smith, right? He said that Christianity has been uh, corrupted by the Catholics and yep. it needed to be restored because of the falling away. Damn whores of uh, Babylon. They're just taking a page out of Joseph Smith's book. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they Remember John, they keep quoting John in all this stuff in their Nazi literature. They point to you know regular Christianity being corrupted is, is seen in John eight forty four. Uh, you this is Jesus talking. You belong to the Jews. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now this verse later showed up on Nazi road signs. You ever seen any Darwin quotes from Origin of Fucking Species on any Nazi road signs? Yeah. I, I would just like somebody to uh, point to an atheist out there who would literally read something like that and think, huh, I hate the Jews because I read it in a book. Really, so there, find yeah. me one atheist. John, <laughs> John, yeah, because Darwin said the Jews suck. Yeah, well, uh, we like believe I said, the Jews that was suck. in the appendix. If you would just read a book to its end, you would know that. <laughs> um, Hitler himself in, in Table Talk, uh, which is a recollection of conversations written down by his assistant, Martin Bormann, says, quote, An educated man retains the sense of the mysteries of nature and bows before the unknowable. An uneducated man, on the other hand, runs the risk of going over to atheism, which is a return to the state of the animal. <laughs> I, I I love that that flip of words. I've always thought that they were very good with propaganda, but that flip of words right there, the uneducated man, just brings a smile to my lips because it makes me think of that survey that was done wherein atheists were discovered to know more about religion than theists. Right, and like we pointed out, you know, the the risk of atheism isn't from the uneducated portion of the spectrum. <laughs> the more educated you get. <laughs> The more you run the risk of being an atheist. But it's great propaganda. It's the same thing my dad used to say to me. He used to say that uh, profanity is the uneducated mind's way of expressing itself. To that, I say, fuck you. Yeah, uh, that pretty much captures uh, my uh, thoughts on that, Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. There, there really is no better word. Fuck no. you. No, sometimes only fuck and you are solve the problem. So. <laughs> All right. Now... D'Souza also is an admirer of uh, the historian Richard Weichart. He wrote the book From Darwin to Hitler, right? Um, yeah. Like 2004, 2005. Um, and he quotes extensively from this book. Of course, he just mentions that Richard Weichart is, is a historian, right? He never mentions that Richard Weichart is a fellow of the Discovery Institute, which are the big think tank for the proponents of intelligent design. Never yeah. mentions that at all. He's just a, an unbiased historian, right? You've got no dog that, in this That's hunt. all these people ever are, are unbiased historians. And it's just the evil, corrupted, scientific and historical society that is uh, within with Satan that causes this. Right. So uh, D'Souza says, 
As historian Richard Weichart documents, both Hitler and Himmler were admirers of Darwin. That's why uh, they the book. That's why they banned the shit out of his book. Right? <laughs> they, they admired him so much, they banned his book. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Of course, he doesn't have any supporting quotes of either Hitler or Himmler admiring, saying, God damn, I love Darwin. And that Darwin guy, he was smart. Survival of the fittest. Let's kill off our competitors. Weichart concludes that while Darwinism is not a sufficient intellectual explanation for Nazism, it is a necessary one. Without oh, Darwinism, that. there might not have been Nazism. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, first of all, let's take this from the top. Uh. A, Darwin was talking about natural selection. Hitler, with his little eugenics program, right? Purity of the race. about mass destruction. Talking about artificial selection. Yeah. So, completely different things, right? If Hitler often did talk about in terms of like breeding and that sort of thing and, and purity of the race, but but racial purity, my God, isn't that from uh, the Bible? Where? <laughs> you know, the only thing that is the same between those is the word selection. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Completely different thing. Second of all. Are you fucking kidding me? Necessary explanation. So, without Darwin, you would never have had Nazism, right? Didn't well, we? Well, without Darwin, you would have never had atheism. I thought you knew this. <laughs> Didn't we just get done talking about Luther and how his little seven-point plan matched up with uh, Nazism entirely? He printed his, his anti-Jewish tract in 1543, 300 fucking years before the origin of species. How, well, he was how an is atheist that a, too. a necessary to. condition? Didn't Pope Innocent III rely on Darwin for his extermination? An, uh, another edict? atheist there. That was uh, the first Pope atheist, I believe. Pope Innocent III, you know, Darwin's convinced me about this shit. What a <laughs> fucking idiot Weichardt is. Yeah. Well, Hitler was not an admirer of Darwin, he was an admirer of Luther. Well, once again, you have the uneducated mind spouting shit. And until somebody stands up to them with the proper education, they'll continue spouting shit. All right, let me wind this up with two things. One, eugenics, social Darwinism, this breeding stuff, began in the Old Testament, right? When Jews were forbidden to marry outside of their race. Hitler appeals not to Darwin, but to the Bible to justify his program in Mein Kampf. This is page 249. Quote, It is one of those uh, concerning which said with terrible justice that the sins of the fathers are avenged down to the tenth generation. Blood sin and desecration of the race are the original sin in this world. Right? So well, where is he referring to? Deuteronomy 23, 2-3. A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their tenth generation uh, they shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. Hitler adds that to bring about such a development is then nothing else but to sin against the will of the eternal creator. God damn, that sounds like an atheist to me. You know, my favorite Hitler point, uh, it just speaks to me the exact nature of Hitler's uh, love of atheism. This comes from Mein Kampf, chapter 11, and it's talking about how uh, early Christianity kicked the Jews' ass and uh, didn't try to hide it. And this is the last sentence in that paragraph. They even enter into political intrigues with the atheistic Jewish parties against the interests of their own Christian nation. 
Sounds like somebody who A, loved the Jews, and B, loved atheists as well. Atheistic Jewish parties. Yeah. Love it. Remember also, race mixing banned in Ezra 9, 1-2. Uh, Ezra starts at the end of the Jewish captivity in Babylon, right? He comes back and he's he is castigating these uh, leaders for intermarrying, right? So, so here it is. After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, The people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices, like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites. I didn't even know they were Jebusites at that time. Ammonites, <laughs> Moabites. Those just sound like bedbugs to me for some reason. <laughs> Egyptians and Amorites. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. Oh, my God. Um, you, you can't intermingle your seed, right? How about Ezra 9.12? Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to the sons or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time, that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. So remember, this is this is talking about breeding, right? Don't give your daughters, your sons, to other people. Why? So you'll be strong, right? You don't want to breed yeah. with inferior races, so you'll be strong. Huh, let's see. It uh, it, it That came from Hitler, right? I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure I heard Hitler all over. Yeah, that, that was Hitler 9, verse 12. Well, it's a good thing Darwin. you quote. Darwin 9, verse 12. All right, the final point I want to make is even if you concede, say say we throw out all that shit about Hitler having a concordat with the Pope, uh, you know, being celebrated at, at, by an archbishop at his, you know, 50th birthday. Um, forget all of the, the fact that Hitler was a Catholic. Forget all this shit. Grant him, all right, say, say uh, Hitler was an atheist, right? Yep. Then you've got to explain why the whole fucking population of Germany can be led by an atheist. You know what well, the see, re- religious makeup of the Nazis was? Here's a Nazi report in 1938 on the religious breakdown of the SS. Right, The most Nazi of Nazis. 51.4% Protestant. 22.7% Catholic. 25.7% God-believers. That leaves... 0.2% as possible atheists. <laughs> Say nothing of the pantheists, the polytheists, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, whatever. Yeah, um, whoever else was stuffed in there. Right. So 99.8% of these guys were God-believers, Catholics or Protestants. So how in the world does Hitler, as an atheist, lead these people astray so much? I'll tell you how. Protestants, Catholics, and God-believers are te- taught from the beginning you follow fucking orders. These yeah. orders come from above as if they come from God. You follow me as you follow God. The whole, uh, the one virtue in the Bible, obedience. Number one, number one virtue in the Bible, obedience. You fucking obey. So see, if, this is a problem I've always had with this sort of thing here is I don't think it matters whether Hitler was an atheist or a Christian. What matters is, is you can see his speeches to people, and he uses Christianity and the belief in Christ and in God to forward his momentum. So it wasn't just whether or not Hitler was an atheist. Every time a speech was brought up, Christianity was brought up, and the people who believed in it followed it. Right. That's what you're fighting against, not just Hitler yep. being an atheist. Well, we're talking about genocide. We're talking about the act of attempting to kill 
nearly every person in this race, right? Yeah. Um, that cannot be carried out by one man. That needs to be carried out by the people, the feet on the ground. And these feet on the ground, Christian, nearly every single fucking one of them, Christian. Yeah. Let's see. February 1st, 1933. The national government will regard it as its first and foremost duty to revive in the nation the spirit of unity and cooperation. It will preserve and defend those basic principles on which our nation has been built. It regards Christianity as the foundation of our national morality and the family as the basis of national life. Please tell me, does that sound uh, anywhere significant to anything today? Good Lord. Um, you people have to ask yourself, you Christians, how in the world could Christianity be perverted by an atheist into uh, the destruction of six million Jews? Yeah. And I, my answer to you is, it wasn't perverted. This is the same message. Yeah. Why don't you open your goddamn book, read it without the rose-colored glasses, and you will see this rampantly throughout the pages. This has been going on since the New Fucking Testament itself. Long, long history of this stuff. It's not any different. Martin Luther isn't any different uh, than uh, Pope Innocent III. That's oh. not any different when they set up ghettos, right? In 1555, Pope Paul IV issued a bull called Cum Nimus. 1555 established a ghetto for the Jews, stating the Jews' own guilt has consigned them to perpetual servitude. It's not any different. Yeah. It's a last and a long history of it, yeah. right? So, it fucking starts in the Old Testament, where you, you, your holy race is better than anyone else. Exodus 22, uh, 18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. You, you tell me that's not fucking genocide? Or the parable Jesus gives in Luke 19.27 that ends, But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. That, that's not fucking genocide. This now, is totally consistent with Christianity. Yeah, completely consistent. Now, everybody out there knows that uh, that theists will come to you and say, Hey, they've they've run the numbers, and they've found out that atheists have killed more than Christians have. Um, yep. We have bigger, better weapons. Yeah, Dinesh uh, D'Souza loves to pull that out. Yeah. And the Evans for Faith guys will say over and over again, um, atheists, atheist regimes of, of Mao and Pol Pot and Stalin and, and Hitler. They'll, they'll always throw Hitler in there. Of course. Um, because as we've demonstrated today, he's an atheist. He's completely atheist. They, they've killed uh, many millions more than, than any of the witches or Jews that <laughs> were killed in religious wars. <laughs> Uh, to which I say, number one, that just means we atheists are more competent than you Christians at yeah. killing people. We're much number better. Number two, you guys made it last longer, so you tortured people for their entire lives, whereas we killed them in about two seconds. Number two, do you really <laughs> fucking think if <clears throat> during the Crusades they had more population, right, than the 20th century, if they had more population and the... the uh, automatic weapons that we had, the, the technology to kill mass amounts of people, you think that uh, they wouldn't have killed? You, you give Pope Innocent III an uh, automatic machine gun, and he wouldn't have mowed down all these Jews? I'm you sure fucking he break. slide. He just let that slide. The only difference in the 20th century was they had better weapons. Yeah. The principle automatic of genocide... Weapons, gassing, it, they just had better weapons. principle of genocide is exactly the same. Right? You yeah. can't just look at it and say... Oh, well, these atheists in the 20th century killed uh, millions and millions of people. Well, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. 
If you add millions and millions and millions of Jews and the technology back then, it would have been a mass slaughter. They, they wanted to kill, they just didn't have the numbers. Or the technology. And Don't give me this fucking again, numbers game shit. Knock Hitler and uh, the Nazis off of the atheist kill list, because we have just discussed how they were a Christian nation. So, fuck you, take that off the numbers, and right. let's see how it calculates to that point. Right, the Third Reich absorbed the Protestant churches in Germany. They fucking funded them, and they came to terms with the uh, Catholic Church. The Pope issued a concordat. They had a, the peace treaty, the fucking Catholic Church. He later reneged on it when it was politically expedient to the Pope. Uh, but again, still, like I said, in the Hitler's 50th birthday, he's being celebrated and toasted by the fucking Archbishop. Very true. So don't give me this shit about Hitler being an atheist. Hitler was a, a Catholic with some strange pagan views kind of thrown in for good measure because he's a fucking lunatic. But, like I said, completely consistent with Christian ideology throughout the centuries. He's one of the few people who followed Deuteronomy and the other scriptures to a T. So don't give me this shit about him not being a good Christian. Right. Martin Luther, the uh, <laughs> father of the Reformation, laid out the um, the marching orders for Hitler. You don't find this shit in Darwin. All you find in Darwin is the description of, of natural selection. Yeah, you find science. Not this bullshit coming from a book, kill them because they are impure. Right, so... Um, did you have anything other to say? Or should we wind it up? All right. So uh, although uh, I did have some research to uh, present, Charlie's now the asshole who took up all the time. But I you want guys, to leave. You guys can thank me later for that yeah, one. Well, they, they always do, which is why I don't respond to you fuckers. So, yeah, <laughs> let, go ahead and send us three more emails. Let's see if you get a response now. <laughs> but at any rate... Uh, in closing, this this was probably the most important thing uh, of what I had, uh, beyond the fact that the Tea Partiers have uh, been called racist, but you guys should look that, into that yourself. But there's a fellow out there uh, by the name of Lord Christopher Monckton, and he's massively famous, and I'm just going to read this statement because it, it, it couldn't be said more beautifully. Lord Moncton has continued the crazed rampage he started at the Americans for Prosperity event at the Copenhagen Climate Summit, where he repeatedly called American college students advocating for clean energy, the Hitler Youth, and Nazis. Moncton took it way too far when he told Jewish student Ben Wessel, whose grandparents escaped the Holocaust, I am not going to shake the hand of Hitler Youth. That just seems uh, like something to end on. Yeah, that's a little over the top, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is they have a bunch of video of him actually doing this, and he tries to lie to the Associated Press, claiming that he never uttered those words. Uh, let me tell you something, dude. You're in the 21st century. There's cameras everywhere. No, no. It's the liberal media. They're, <laughs> They're doing liberal their tricks again. Yeah, yeah, they they must be transposing <laughs> words. So, all right, excellent. Um, let's call that a day, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, maybe. Night, night.